section thirty two of england scotland ireland and wales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume ten england scotland ireland and wales edited by eva march tappan section thirty two a maid of honour at the court of george the third seventeen eighty six by madame d'arblay madame d'arblay or francis burney was the author of evelina the best-seller of the day she became maid of honour to the queen and the following extract is from the journal that she kept the editor i rise at six o'clock dress in a morning-gown and cap and wait my first summons which is at all times from seven to near eight but commonly in the exact half-hour between them the queen never sends for me till her hair is dressed this in a morning is always done by her wardrobe woman mrs Thielke a german but who speaks english perfectly well mrs svellenberg since the first week has never come down in the morning at all the queen's dress is finished by mrs Thielke and myself no maid ever enters the room while the queen is in it mrs Thielke hands the things to me and i put them on tis fortunate for me i have not the handing them i should never know which to take first embarrassed as i am and should run a prodigious risk of giving the gown before the hoop and the fan before the neckerchief by eight o'clock or a little after for she is extremely expeditious she is dressed she then goes out to join the king and be joined by the princesses and they all proceed to the king's chapel in the castle to prayers attended by the governesses of the princesses and the king's equerry various others at times attend but only these indispensably i then return to my own room to breakfast i make this meal the most pleasant part of the day i have a book for my companion and i allow myself an hour for it my present book is gilpin's description of the lakes of cumberland and westmoreland mrs delany has lent it me it is the most picturesque reading i ever met with it shows me landscapes of every sort with tints so bright and lively i forget i am but reading and fancy i see them before me coloured by the hand of nature at nine o'clock i send off my breakfast things and relinquish my book to make a serious and steady examination of everything i have upon my hands in the way of business in which preparations for dress are always included not for the present day alone but for the court days which require a particular dress for the next arriving birthday of any of the royal family every one of which requires new apparel for cue where the dress is plainest and for going on here where the dress is very pleasant to me requiring no show nor finery but merely to be neat not inelegant and moderately fashionable that over i have my time at my own disposal till a quarter before twelve except on wednesdays and saturdays when i have it only 
to a quarter before eleven my rummages and business sometimes occupy me uninterruptedly to those hours when they do not i give till ten to necessary letters of duty ceremony or long arrears and now from ten to the times i have mentioned i devote to walking these times mentioned call me to the irksome and quick returning labours of the toilet the hour advanced on the wednesdays and saturdays is for curling and creping the hair which it now requires twice a week a quarter before one is the usual time for the queen to begin dressing for the day mrs schwellenberg then constantly attends so do i mrs thielke of course at all times we help her off with her gown and on with her powdering things and then the hairdresser is admitted she generally reads the newspapers during that operation when she observes that i have run to her but half dressed she constantly gives me leave to return and finish as soon as she is seated if she is grave and reads steadily on she dismisses me whether i am dressed or not but at all times she never forgets to send me away while she is powdering with a consideration not to spoil my clothes that one would not expect belonged to her high station neither does she ever detain me without making a point of reading here and there some little paragraph aloud when i return i finish if anything is undone my dress and then take baretti's dialogues my dearest freddy's tablet of memory or some such disjointed matter for the few minutes that elapse ere i am again summoned i find her then always removed to her state dressing-room if any room in this private mansion can have the epithet of state there in a very short time her dress is finished she then says she won't detain me and i hear and see no more of her till bedtime it is commonly three o'clock when i am thus set at large and i have then two hours quite at my own disposal but in the natural course of things not a moment after those dear and quiet two hours my only quite sure and undisturbed time in the whole day after breakfast is over i shall henceforth devote to thus talking with my beloved susan my freddy my other sister my dear father or miss cambridge with my brothers cousins mrs ord and other friends in such terms as these two hours will occasionally allow me henceforward i say for hitherto dejection of spirits with uncertainty how long my time might last have made me waste moment after moment as sadly as unprofitably at five we have dinner mrs schwellenberg and i meet in the eating-room we are commonly tete-a-tete when there is anybody added it is from her invitation only whatever right my place might afford me of also inviting my friends to the table i have now totally lost by want of courage and spirits to claim it originally when we have dined we go upstairs to her apartment which is directly over mine here we have coffee till the terracing is over this is at about eight o'clock our tete-a-tete then finishes and we come down again to the eating-room there the equerry whoever he is comes to tea constantly and with him any gentleman that the king or queen may have invited for the evening and when tea is over he conducts them and goes himself to the concert-room 
this is commonly about nine o'clock from this time if mrs schwellenberg is alone i never quit her for a minute till i come to my little supper at near eleven between eleven and twelve my last summons usually takes place earlier and later occasionally twenty minutes is the customary time then spent with the queen half an hour i believe is seldom exceeded i then come back and after doing whatever i can to forward my dress for the next morning i go to bed and to sleep too believe me the early rising and a long day's attention to new affairs and occupations cause a fatigue so bodily that nothing mental stands against it and to sleep i fall the moment i have put out my candle and laid down my head such is the day to your f b and her new situation at windsor such i mean is its usual destination and its intended course i make it take now and then another channel but never stray far enough not to return to the original stream after a little meandering around and about it i think now you will be able to see and to follow me pretty closely with regard to those summonses i speak of i will explain myself my summons upon all regular occasions that is morning noon and night toilets is neither more nor less than a bell upon extra occasions a page is commonly sent at first i felt inexpressibly discomfited by this mode of call a bell it seemed so mortifying a mark of servitude i always felt myself blush though alone with conscious shame at my own strange degradation but i have philosophized myself now into some reconcilement with this manner of summons by reflecting that to have some person always sent would be often very inconvenient and that this method is certainly less an interruption to any occupation i may be employed in than the entrance of messengers so many times a day it is besides less liable to mistakes so i have made up my mind to it as well as i can and now i only feel that proud blush when somebody is by to revive my original dislike of it End of section thirty two this recording is in the public domain